Welcome to the Patriotic Pulpit. You know, one of the things that tells you that you're dealing with people who are hypocritical in their behavior, hypocritical in their legislation, is the fact that they're inconsistent, completely inconsistent in their application of the law, completely inconsistent on in how they apply things and how they, they even manage the country. And that's exactly what's going on with the Biden administration regarding our borders. It's not simply about getting Democratic voters in here. It's about destroying our nation. Millions and millions of people crashing our borders from third world countries that cannot, cannot even hardly make a living. So they're coming in here on a welfare state and they're crashing this country and they're absolutely destroying the fabric of this nation. It's interesting to note that no country no country in the history of mankind has existed with open borders and at the same time a welfare system that is a huge magnet that draws them in. But that's exactly what the Biden administration is doing. But I talked about hypocrisy. At the same time, there's a family in Tennessee, the Romaiki family from Germany. They've been here 15 years and they're facing deportation right now because they're a homeschooling family teaching their children and their children after them Christian values. And they fled from Germany because of persecution. Now, the persecution in Germany took on the form of heavy, heavy taxation because they refused to send their children to the public schools. We'll say more about that in just a moment, the public school. And so the Biden administration says, no, we don't want to recognize your asylum claim. We don't want to recognize your persecution claim because, because we don't think that's really persecution in Germany. Now, what's wrong with the picture? What's wrong with the picture is that it doesn't matter about people coming from the third world country, coming from South America, Central America, African continent. It doesn't matter at all. They don't even... They don't even ask whether they're being persecuted. They're not even requiring that they prove that they're coming from a persecution. They just want to come over here. Many of them say right on camera, I'm coming over here for the free stuff. I'm coming over here for the jobs. I'm coming over here because I heard America's giving away, well, they're giving away free health care. We're giving away free education. We're giving away free housing. We're giving away free transportation. We're giving away free motel rooms that I cannot afford. We're giving away free jobs. We're giving away free everything. And they're coming over here for it. And then at the same time, the homeschooling family in East Tennessee, their name is Romaiki. Her name is you and Hannah Lore is his name. I believe that's how you pronounce it. They're facing deportation because they are, they are homeschooling their children. And they say, well, the Justice Department say, well, that's, there's really not persecution over there. Isn't that absolutely an absurdity? Think about this. Here's what the Justice Department said. They said, the goal in Germany is for an open, pluralistic society. Teaching tolerance to children of all backgrounds helps us to develop the ability to interact as a fully functioning citizen in Germany. That's our own legal brief from our own Justice Department saying all they're trying to do in Germany is to teach tolerance. 
Now that ought to be a warning shot to all homeschoolers in our nation right now because they want to force all of our children to get into the public school system where they're not taught reading, writing, and arithmetic. We don't care whether they're academically achieving, but we want to teach them tolerance. Well, what kind of tolerance do you suppose they have in mind? Well, that's the tolerance for homosexuality, homosexual lifestyle, transgenders, tolerance for those who are on welfare, Tolerance, tolerance, tolerance. That's the name of the game. That's the religious doctrine that is being taught. They don't, they don't care whether they're actually teaching academics at all. Just as John Dewey really didn't care about academics, he was interested in changing the culture of America, so he said. And that's exactly what our public school system is about. It's changing the culture of America. So what's happening with this German family, the Romeike family? Well, they want the Justice Department of Biden wants to deport them because they're not really facing persecution over there and we need to get rid of them. Have you seen the picture of the family? Good looking family. I was on Jesse Lee Peterson's show recently. He pointed out the very obvious and that is they're a white family come from a European country and yet we're getting rid of them. It seems to be that there's prejudice against white people from this administration. And the remarkable fact is, Biden's a white man. They have mostly white people in the administration, run by white people. And yet we've learned to hate our own race, apparently. And so we're going to get rid of this family. At the same time, we have open borders. Now, open borders, and yet we want to get rid of a homeschooling family. Here's something else added to the mix. Why is Biden not being impeached? by the Republicans in the House because of his open border policy, which is a violation of American law. It's a violation of the aiding and abetting laws. How so? Biden is not only violating the border and the law of the land every single day, but also he's aiding and abetting the people that are coming over here by giving them smartphones to tell them how to maneuver when they get in the country. He gives them papers when they come in here. He tells them in, when they're in their home country, here's how you're going to work the system in America. Here's how you're going to get the free money that comes from Bill Lockwood and other people. What is this? It's aiding and abetting to violate the laws of a country. That ought to be impeachable offense right there. And how about this? Congress inclusive of Democrats, including Biden himself, voted for the Secure Fence Act, which demands that we establish operational control at the border. Operational control. That's a joke. Federal agents from the ICE group came into Texas just the other day, taking Governor Abbott's barbed wire or borders or, or the fences that he had built, temporary fences, in the Rio Grande, cutting them in order to let illegal immigrants come into this nation. What is that? That's destruction of federal property and state property for one thing, but it's also, of course, showing that we don't want, Biden does not want operational control of the border. And the Secure Fence Act, he is casting out. We don't want a secure fence. The Biden administration does not. Why is that the case? It's a destruction of America. That's what it is. Do you realize that in the 1930s, 40s, and before that even, 
the immigration into America was managed by a quota system. The quota system said that primarily countries that supplied immigrants from European nations and the European continent, they were the ones to give preference to the other ones, suppose it, other ones such as from the African continent or South American continent or Central American. Now, why was that? Well, according, of course, to people today who have been simply brainwashed that everything's about racism, it had nothing to do with race. It had to do with the fact, as they themselves said, that the people, that is those, the founding fathers as well as the people that were in Congress at the time who supported that particular quota system, it was about allowing people into this country that actually had some sympathy and understanding about a constitutional republic. That's why they wanted them to be able to come. People who did not have understanding regarding that, that came from the continent of Africa, or the continent of South America, were all living under dictatorships, totalitarian-style governments. They had no concept of a republican-style government. So they didn't want those people to come in more readily than others. But it was Ted Kennedy, 1965, I believe it was 65, in the 1960s, he pushed and pushed and pushed to get that quota system erased and said, now, to calm your fears, we're not going to have a big run on the border because we opened it up for all nations. That is, that is absolutely a conservative scare tactic. Well, what was he doing? He was actually absolutely lying through his teeth because anytime you have a welfare state plus open borders, which was not quite open at that time, but they were allowing many people to come in that didn't belong, which we do have now open borders, what that equals is the complete destruction of the populace of our nation. And people are not sympathetic to a Republican-style government. What do you think that the people coming over, what do you think their idea of government is and should be? Well, what it is, is dictatorships. That's where they're coming from, socialist nations. That's what the Biden administration is about, destroying the fabric of this nation from the inside out. These are impeachable offenses, erasing our border, plus the Immigration and Naturalization Act that demands orientation and removal from, for anyone that comes in. But the Biden administration, the dictator Joe Biden, is erasing the laws as well as the border. He needs to be impeached on that and that alone. And it's a sad story that the German family that homeschools, the Justice Department says, no, you need to send them back because, after all, the educational system in Germany is to teach tolerance, and they're not tolerant because they're not in the public school system. That ought to be a warning shot to all of us. What the Biden administration, the socialistic dictator that we have, has in mind for homeschoolers right now. Have you ever wondered why it is the case that America never seems to change directions, regardless of whether we have Republicans in office or whether we have Democrats in office? It seems that the welfare state continues to grow. The borders continue to be open, except perhaps when Donald Trump was in office and Ronald Reagan. Why is it that the case that we continue to have these amnesty programs? Why is it the case that the welfare system continues to engulf more and more people in our country and that 
seemingly things go in the same international direction, lockstep with the United Nations continually, regardless of whether or not we have a Republican or Democrat in office. Why is it the case that so many people are against, for example, the war in Ukraine, I being one of them? Why is it that so many people are against it and yet, at the same time, our government continues to promise our monies, our tax monies, to go to Ukraine and fight a war, and we don't know the end game. We don't know what kind of government they have. Apparently, it's a dictatorship. Why is it that that continues to be the case? And no matter who's in office, we're always fighting these foreign wars. Why is it that we're fighting the war in, for example, Korea right now? That is, there's a temporary truce regarding Korea, North Korea, but we're still enemies with North Korea. We never... We never ever settled that issue. Why is it that when, for example, Clinton was president, we went down to Somalia? Why is it that we go to different countries on a continual basis? Iraq, we continue with George Bush, Iraq. And then why is it that when Jimmy Carter was in office in Iran? Why is it that we're always engaged in these and we're always seemingly on the bottom side of it? That is, we seemingly lose those wars. Vietnam, another one. The Persian Gulf. Whatever, we're not... We're not winning anything. Why is that the case? The answer to this is because politics are divided along the lines of not Republican and Democrat, but nationalists and internationalists. People who are internationally minded, first and foremost, whether Republican or Democrat, and those who are nationally minded. Let's talk about them for just a moment. And incidentally, it brings to mind what took place in the last Republican debate. Nikki Haley, for example, she just was, she just flogged out loud, interrupted continually Vivek Ramaswamy, I thought very rudely, saying that we need to be in Ukraine because Ramaswamy questioned whether we should be there at all and talked about withdrawing our troops or with, rather withdrawing the money from it. And Nikki Haley just couldn't stand herself and she just kind of flogged him over it verbally. But why, why was that the case? Because Nikki Haley is an internationalist. And many Republicans are internationalists too. Chris Christie, an internationalist. First and foremost, that is, they're not dedicated to the constitution of this country and the sovereignty of our nation, but they want to be engaged in a world government. That's why Nikki Haley being one of them. And it is so tiresome to see that these things are absolutely ignored, but this is, that is ignored by the mainstream media. And even by Fox News, they just ignore this connection. But this is the real key. So what is internationalism versus nationalism? Well, let's talk about it for a moment. Internationalism is those who are in favor of a global government, the United Nations. Foreign aid continues to flow. Incidentally, there's another question. Why is it that we continue to send out over billions of dollars to foreign nations, all unconstitutional to begin with? Why does that happen even with Republican administrations? I remember when Governor Rick Perry, who was of Texas, the governor of Texas, at one point was running for president, and he pointed out that we need to curtail some of the foreign aid that were sent overseas. Well, the answer to that is, that's good, but we need to curtail all of it. There is not a line of the Constitution that authorizes our Congress to send money, my tax money, to a foreign nation, period. Where is it? And yet when they want to talk about whether something is constitutional or not, that absolutely is a joke. So internationalism is this lockstep with 
international global government headed by the United Nations. For example, Council on Foreign Relations, which is a globalist organization in the United States, Journal of Foreign Affairs, Peter Spiro, concern, was concerned, he said, about an anti-internationalism growing in an intellectual following in the United States. And here's something that he had to say. Listen to this statement. The Constitution will have to adapt to global requirements sooner or later. Does that sound like they want to follow the Constitution? No. And this was made many years ago. Peter Spiro said, no, we want to adapt the Constitution without vote, without a vote of Congress, without the consent of the people. We're going to adapt the Constitution to internationalism. Spiro goes on in this foreign affairs magazine telling us, the international community cannot yet force formal participation in international regimes, but... Well, there's, there's the caveat. Economic globalization will inevitably bring the United States in line. So what is he saying here? He says, basically, we're going to involve the United States internationally with foreign aid, and it will bring the United States in line, not only economically, but now politically as well. And that's exactly what they intend. 1960. Walt Whitman Rostow wrote a book called The United States in the World Arena. He declared it was an American interest to see an end to nationhood as has been historically defined. An end to nationhood. Now that's what the United Nations is about. That's what the Democrat Party, Socialist Party of America, Marxist Party is all about. That's internationalism lockstep us in to an international globalist government, erase the Constitution, bend the Constitution where we can, and lockstep us in. On the other hand, we have nationalism. What is nationalism? That is, I'm using that as a synonym for a constitutionalist. That is one who is interested in the sovereignty of the United States, which means self-government of the United States, America first. Sovereignty, for example... <clears throat> This is Professor Jeremy Rabkin of Cornell University, 1998, wrote this in a book called Why Sovereignty Matters. Sovereignty denotes independence. A sovereign state is one that acknowledges no superior over its own government, or as the Declaration of Independence put it, with proper piety, no superior among the powers of the earth. End of quote. That's Jeremy Rabkin, professor at Cornell University, 1998. Notice how he equated sovereignty of a nation with independence and not interdependence in the global world. Now, can we and should we be friends with other nations? Absolutely. But to intertwine us politically and economically with other nations, that's the concept of internationalism. So nationalism is sovereignty of the United States. Now, I want to say real quickly this. It is not Nazism. This is not what we're talking about, Nazism. When we talk about nationalism, many people say when you mention nationalism, well, that's Nazism. No, Nazism is to believe that a superior peoples, inherently superior peoples, the German people should rule the world. Sovereignty has nothing to do with a race of people that is being superior. So it's not Nazism at all. So let's dispel the professorships of the Marxist universities that we have. 
that tell our kids, tell our students that, well, when you talk about nationalism, that's Nazism. That's what's going on at Midwestern State University, apparently also, because students coming out of there, when you hear, when they hear the word nationalism, they say, well, that's Nazism, that's Nazism. No, that's not Nazism. It's simply the sovereignty of the United States. Midwestern State University is housed or located right here in Wichita Falls. So that's what we have in mind. So now here's something that came to the news just this week. Eric Johnson, the mayor of Dallas, longtime Democrat, elected with like, what, 98% of the vote in Dallas, Texas. The mayor there switched parties and said, you know what, I'm not going to be with the Democrat Party anymore. I'm going to be a Republican because I'm tired of the lack of law enforcement the open borders in the country, and I'm tired of the message of defunding the police from the Democratic Party. So he switches to the Republican Party. I'm happy that Eric Johnson would do this, but I want to say, friend Johnson, you are about 50 to 75 years too late. Where have you been? Where have people been? This has been the goal of the Democratic Socialist Marxist Party of America for as long as I have been alive, and you're just now catching on, the Marxists, the Democratic Party in this country are at the end game. They're on the two-yard line, and they're about to punch it through to a Marxist society. Where have you been the whole game? Why have you just now realized and waking up and recognizing that, hey, they're defending the police? This has been going on forever, at least as long as I've been alive. So it's internationalism versus nationalism. When we come back, we'll talk about how that international idea, born and bred right in the stables of communism with Frederick Engels, came to America and has been a part of the American Communist Party for all of these years and is now espoused by the Democrat Party of America. We'll be back in just a few moments. Welcome back. We're thinking about nationalism versus internationalism and that doctrine which has taken over the Democratic Party as well as many in the Republican Party, such as the Nikki Haley's of the world, is really internationalism. They want to continue to send foreign aid to the tune of billions of dollars overseas, fight foreign wars on a continual basis without one scintilla of constitutional authority behind them. And they want to engage that way because they're indoctrinated with the idea of internationalism. So where did all of this begin? Well, this is basically the communistic idea. So let's just back up for a moment. The war for internationalism began with Friedrich Engels and Karl Marx. Communism, Friedrich Engels said it this way, the youth will grow up in a new free social conditions and will be in a position to cast away all of the rubbish of statism. Notice what Engels said. He said, we're going to have people growing up in America. He's talking about how they're going to take America. Growing up, thinking internationally instead of statism. What is statism? That is state first, America first. Oh, so the idea of internationalism and the idea that America first is some kind of a dirty idea that was born and bred in the stables of communism, Friedrich Engels. That's exactly where many Republicans are right now. That's exactly where the entire Democratic Party is. 
Here's another man, William Z. Foster, who is leader of the Communist Party of the United States for many years. He said the studies for students in the country are going to be revolutionized, being cleansed of all religious, patriotic, and other features of the bourgeois ideology. The students will be taught on the basis of the Marxian dialectic materialism, get this, here's the word, internationalism, and the general ethics of a new socialist society. Our teachers must write new school textbooks, rewrite history from a Marxian point of view. There will be no place for the present narrow patriotism, bigoted nationalist chauvinism that serves so well the capitalist war makers. That was in a California Senate investigating committee, and that is recorded, and you can read that. William Z. Foster, head of the Communist Party of the United States, we need to get indoctrinate the children against, Ingalls called it statism. William Z. Foster called it nationalism, the bigoted national, nationalist chauvinism. And we need to send money over there, and we need to rewrite the school textbooks in order to engage in internationalism. What are they interested in? in international trade? No. Are they interested in being friends with your neighbors? No, they're interested in global government of a Marxian style, and it's called internationalism. So he said, number one, achieve control of the educational system of the nation. Have they done that? Absolutely. Number two, deride, destroy, and ridicule any feeling of patriotism, anything that says America first. And what do we have? MSNBC, CBS, NBC, all of the mainstream media networks make fun of and mock Donald Trump on the basis of America first. And then they said, instill the outlook of internationalism and world-mindedness. Now, does that mean that we should be able to know where the world is and what's going on in geography? No, they want you to be engaged with your money, your blood, your treasure in overseas wars, continually fighting overseas wars, indoctrinating socialism, Neutralize the youth against religious influences of home and rigid morality. So, UNESCO, that's the United Nations organization. The former communist was head of it, Joseph Kornfeder. He explained it this way for you. UNESCO corresponds to the agitation and propaganda department of the Communist Party. What is the United Nations? It's a communist organization. It was that way from its inception. And UNESCO is the agitation, agitation propaganda department of that, propaganda, or that communist party. How about atheism? Atheism is also taught. Joseph Kornfeder, continuing to speak from the United Nations standpoint, explained this way. He said, it began, that is, began with atheism, but he says, UNESCO's literature appears to be covertly or overtly slanted away from the spiritual and political beliefs and traditions of the United States of America. Slanted away from those beliefs toward the sterile conceptions of a nebulous one world government or federation which is to be built upon, get it? Atheistic foundations the foundations of UNESCO are atheistic, materialistic, for it, man is the highest product of nature rather than one created in the image and likeness of God. This view of God and man dictates 
UNESCO's methods and can be seen in them. So what's John Larson saying? This is not Joseph Kornfeder. I misquoted that. That's John Larson, who was invited to be a part of UNESCO. And he began, but he was disillusioned. And so he said this. John Larson said, The foundations of UNESCO are atheistic, materialistic, and they're attacking the Genesis account of creation. This is exactly what it's about. United Nations, a, a competing religion, competing atheistic worldview, and it's about internationalism. He goes on to say, this is Larson continuing, said, children are infected, according to the UNESCO worldview, children are infected with nationalism by hearing what is national and extolled and what is foreign is disparaged. As chauvinism, this may be more ridiculous than dangerous. It is a complete negation of, a, of world-mindedness. As long as a child breathes the poisoned air of nationalism, education in world-mindedness can produce only rather precarious results. So what's he saying here? He's saying we've got to get rid of the infection of nationalistic thinking. That's chauvinistic. It's dangerous and the children breathe a poisonous air when they think America first. But I'll tell you one thing, American government is the best government that has ever been established. There's a constitution in the history of mankind, and it was founded upon biblical concepts, Christian, a Christian-oriented worldview. But the internationalists don't like that. They say, oh boy, that's chauvinistic. Admiral Chester Ward, he pointed out many years ago, the CFR has the goal of submerging the United States sovereignty and national independence into an all-powerful one-world government. He wrote that this lust to surrender the sovereignty and independence of the United States is pervasive throughout most of the membership of the United Nations. The entire Council on Foreign Relations lexicon there's no term of revulsion carrying a meaning so deep as America first. And yet, that's exactly what Donald Trump ran on, America first. Now you know why the internationalists hate him. CFR magazine, Council, or that is Foreign Affairs magazine, 1922, condemned what it called the dubious doctrines expressed in the phrases safety first and America first. That is from 1922. So Donald Trump speaking about America first and people who are constitutionalists such as I am saying nationalism, that is we want America first, that is anathema to what we are being taught in the public schools, the public universities, the Democratic Party, and most of the people in the Republican Party also. How about this? 1922, Foreign Affairs Magazine, once again, the Council on Foreign Relations mouthpiece said, we need an international system to be created. The real problem today is that of world government. We want, they said, a world government. They've been crying for a world government since the 1920s out loud. And yet Eric Johnson in Dallas just now is catching on. <laughs> it's almost there. 1944. The statement is made here. From Council on Foreign Relations, the sovereignty fetish is still strong in the public mind. We need a super state organization. 1959, the CFR paper called Study Number 7 says it's to build a new international order. 
safeguarding the United States security through a system of regional agreements. That is, lock us in with regions, first of all, and then we're going to go on. World government. 1974, Foreign Affairs magazine, Richard Gardner said the hard road to world order is the end run around national sovereignty, eroding sovereignty piece by piece. 1984, Foreign Affairs magazine, Kurt Waldheim said, he bemoaned the fact that the United States insists that they are supreme arbiters of their own destinies. We should not, in America, determine our own destiny. What do they want? Internationalism, world government. This is why the Mitt Romneys of the world are not conservative. Chris Christie is not conservative. These are Republicans. John McCain was not conservative. The Bush family, all of them lockstep hardwired into the Council on Foreign Relations and United Nations globalists. This is why Nikki Haley needs to get out of the presidential race because she's another internationalist. Are we going to get out of Ukraine? Are we going to shut down arms of the government that are unconstitutional? No, no, we're not. Not with leadership like hers. This is the real divide in America, and America better wake up. We're already on the two-yard line, as I said, about to plunge into world government. I'm glad Eric Johnson, mayor of Dallas, recognized what's going on, changed parties. But where have you been? (laughs) We're almost there.